Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 572. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm thrilled to introduce to you our guest of the day, Sarah Nokid. Sarah is the founder of Sarah Nokid OBM, and we have already had such a great chat in our pre-chat. And I was like, we have to just push record because there was so much gold here already that we have to share it all with you. So listeners, I will share the show notes page with you later on in the episode. And I know you're going to get so many ahas and just, oh my gosh, why aren't I doing that moments? So make sure you head on over when I share that link, which I honestly forgot to get the number of. That's why I'll share it with you a little bit later. But, um, yeah, but Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I've enjoyed every second of our conversation already, and I can't wait to just see where it goes. But I would love if you would share with the listeners who you are, where you are, and what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, Kim, so much for having me on the show. I love all things productivity and positive productivity sounds awesome. So uh, thank you for having me. So a little bit about me. So I am a certified online business manager. So basically, I help my clients um, streamline, automate, and hire teams and build these fantastic businesses, mostly on the online space. And I'm also a certified online business manager trainer, meaning I get the privilege of supporting and helping and nurturing up and coming online business managers or people who are transitioning from corporate or, you know, people from the virtual assistant world um, step into their zone of genius as online business managers. I have a great agency that, you know, provides services. I have my trainings and I am, you know, really lucky, I feel like. So I've had a great business thus far and I am doing this from Israel. So I'm actually originally Canadian. I'm from Toronto. 10 years ago, I moved to Israel. My husband's Israeli. And, um, you know, I was like, if I can do it from here, then nobody's got any excuse. Like most of my clients are in Eastern and Pacific time. And we've got a lot of clients in Australia on the agency side of thing. And then when it comes to teaching women and men how to be online business managers, I've got clients all over the world who are, you know, up, stepping up to the responsibility that is the OBM. I love that you brought that up. I mean, I'm in Ohio. And my, <laughs> my agency has one client in Ohio, and I'm not even working with that client. I have a team of with that client because mine are international as well. And I absolutely love just to hear what's going on around the world. But I want to step back a little bit. In 2012, I started my business, and it, I never meant to start a business. Mm. Just putting it out there. My husband, he lost his job again. It wasn't the first time. And I said, you know, maybe this is God saying that it's time for you to pursue your dreams. Because he had never gone to college. He had a childhood dream of becoming a video game designer. Really? Yeah. He's a, a United States Air Force veteran. I said, why don't you look into how much time you have left in your GI Bill. And coincidentally, he had three years left. And when he contacted the school that he could do it from at home, he could get it done in three years. 
So mm. he started, he had to, you know, he couldn't even consider doing a full-time job because he was in back-to-back-to-back-to-back courses. And I had lost my job as an interior architect four years prior, and I was working as an administrative assistant. I was like, oh. um, so I was barely, like, my wage could barely cover household expenses. I was like, oh, oh yeah. I got to do something different. So I had remembered that a few years prior, I had seen a choice websites ad and I went on there and started submitting proposals and I got one right away. I got a project. Mm. But Sarah, I was charging $8 an hour. Oh my God. You're kidding me. No, because I saw all the international and I just want to put this out there. I do not see anything wrong with hiring international. I do have international team members from the Philippines. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And I have a, a large VA group on Facebook where I got death threats on my 40th birthday because I stood up for the international VAs who were charging low amounts of money. But what a lot of people don't realize is that the cost of living is so much less that they don't yeah. need to charge more. But there's on the flip side. So I don't, are, you, are you kidding me? Oh, I got death threats. Like they, they did extensive research on my family and told me exactly ah. how they were going to kill me and my kids. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that, that I've shared that. Well, I guess I have. Because That's terrifying. It is. So I ended up taking Why, my Because whole, you were standing up for people who were raising their rates? Well, I was standing up for like for the clients who couldn't necessarily pay as much right now. Right. And for the Filipino VAs who weren't charging a lot. Because right. in my own team, like my podcast producer, who will undoubtedly listen to this, she was green, meaning she had no experience when she started working with me a year and a half ago, but she's gotten more than a ton of referrals from me. She has at least quadrupled her rate from where she started with me and she's getting constant Mm -hmm. referrals. Her husband has quit his job and is now working with her and she has, I don't even know how many people on her team. So I think we need to stop looking at, you know, are we not doing them justice because maybe we are doing justice and we're helping them create the new life that we're working to create for ourselves but anyway that was like a tangent so i started at eight dollars an hour and as a va and yeah but along that note though there is that topic of undercharging and undervaluing ourselves, which i know i was just Mm -hmm. talking about with with filipino vas they're not even charging eight dollars an hour a lot of them so it wasn't working for me because there was the respect and the and the value from the client. I would love to hear how you got more, how you got to where you are now. And can you also explain the difference between a VA and an OBM to listeners who may not know? Yes, totally. So I'll start off with that. So basically, my whole stance on a difference between a VA and an OBM is that you know, conceptually, every business needs a virtual assistant. Every business needs a doer, needs an implementer, needs somebody that's going to be down in the grass doing. An OBM comes into a business when there is a, a proven business model, meaning that, you know, it's tried and true. The business is making money. So there's a proven business model. There's a VA on the team. So there's a team to manage aside from the client. So I'm sure a topic for a whole other podcast, but you know, you have the, the team to manage, you have the business model in place. And the OBM is really almost a VA on steroids in a lot of way. And I hate using that expression, but I feel like it really does justice oh, because 
yeah, we come in and, you know, we come in and we work with that client who's really ready to delegate their role as OBM in their business because there's always somebody managing all the moving parts. And the truth of the matter is most of my clients are coaches, consultants, e-commerce people, like you name it. I've worked with hundreds of businesses over the last 10 years and most of my clients are creatives. They are the brains behind the operation, whether they're creating a product or they are creating a course. They can't create that course and make that new uh, stream of revenue if they're pits-putzing on managing their launch or if they're pits-putzing on trying to bootstrap how to use Teachable, you know? So the OBM comes in and the OBM has the uh, a, the marketing mindset, but they're also have the responsibility that, you know, that automatically like, I'm going to manage this. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to see this until it's done until the end. So most of my clients are, you know, between the 200 to like million dollar mark in revenue. So it's a specific kind of client that I personally work with that my agency personally works with that's ready to actually delegate the day-to-day project management, operations management, team management, metrics management, launch management, like those core pieces. And, you know, the role of the OBM isn't, you know, although we do do doing like, you know, I'm, I'm an Entreport user myself. I know you mentioned you're an infusion stuff. Like I geek out on tech for better or worse, you know, oh my but gosh, I call them learning gasms when I learn something new that I can do yeah. with infusion software with any <laughs> yeah. other marketing tool. I know that's right. so I, not so an I appropriate word, but I love it. I am with you on that. And I think that's going to be my new word too, but I like geek out hardcore on that stuff. And so I'm, you know, I, I will help my client, you know, strategize a funnel and look at the parts pieces, but I'm, I'm probably not going to be the one that's building it out. I'm going to be testing it. I'm going to be making sure that it's all buttoned up and tied up and ready to go out when we go live, but I'm going to call in the right people to get the job done. So again, that's why there really has to be a proven business model and a VA on the team. So if a client says to me, Oh, well, I don't have a VA because you would be surprised, Kim, how many clients approach me. These people are making 40 K in revenue a month, which is amazing. And I like, I lovingly refer to these people as successful despite themselves. Cause I was like, you've been, you're a solopreneur, you know, albeit maybe you have a couple team members, you leverage here and there, you know, when you're really hard up, but you're more or less of that solopreneur mentality. You're making 40 K a month. You are hustling to the extreme. So I like, I find that there are just so many people out there that are, you know, they don't have a VA, but they certainly need one. So for those clients, you know, part of that first 90 days and and as OBMs, you know, the first 90 days is really critical with a client because there's so much learning that goes into understanding the business and the strategy and the vision and the whys. That's a little bit different than a VA coming in. So to go back to the differences, like a VA coming in doesn't really need to know. I mean, they need to know your vision, right? But they don't need to necessarily know the launch strategy. They're hooking up this and making sure that that works. And they're, you know, queuing up some emails sort of thing, but they're not really necessarily in the big picture. So, you know, for our clients that come in that are making like a serious chunk of change every month, but still like really still in the weeds. And again, I can't emphasize how many people I speak to on a monthly basis that are in that situation. And I just, you know, like part of that first 90 days that we will do in our agency is helping to find them the right OBM, because I'm sure you've run into this, but you know, most people are 
not the greatest project managers. They're not great team managers. Like they are really great at what they do. So, you know, they're really great. So for example, I had somebody in the e-commerce decline in the e-commerce business who had this amazing product that he was selling, that he was designing, that he had taught himself how to use InDesign. And he was, you know, facilitating the production of it in China and then going into sending it to Hong Kong and then over to Singapore. And then I was like this, all this crazy stuff. Uh, he was doing all these things. And I was like, well, you know, what is it going to take for you to be happy in your business? Cause he was miserable. And he's like, if I could just design my product, like that would make me so happy. I'm like, well, then why are you pits putzing with the logistics and all of this other stuff and marketing it, you know, and you're making more than 40 K a month, like you can outsource this stuff, be happy designing, create a new product that you can go live with and make, you know, you know, uh, exponentially more revenue every month. But yet, because you're not a good project manager and because you suck at hiring, your hands are tied behind your back. So, you know, we came in there and we had to, you know, we had to whip him into shape. But now oh, he's I love much happier, happier entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Happy, happy entrepreneur has a team, has automations, mm. has people in in there who are better at those things than they are because they're the creative they are the visionary absolutely so i don't think i've really gotten into this on the podcast before but i chatted with you a little bit about it in the pre-chat but my sister has joined my company and she is completely left-brained and teaching her about the online space has been fun and challenging and sometimes a headache but I say that with love because she just really doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So I've even had to walk her through how a lead funnel works. Like yes. what does it look like in different capacities? And she had 15 years in retail, like grocery store, huge grocery store management retail. So I walked her through that, but then she started looking at all my stuff and she's like, mm-hmm. Kim, I don't understand what you do. And she wasn't saying that because she didn't understand what I do, but she, she's looking at all the text on all my websites and on my social media. And she's like, there's nothing in here that will tell somebody who's looking. This is what mm. I do. And, yeah. and I knew when she came on that she was going to be at a higher level than some other people just because of the skill set and the experience that she has, especially, I mean, in grocery store management, there is so much. And she was a kick-ass, part of my mouth, but she was a kick-ass store manager, managing, right. you know, snowstorms in the Northeast with all of her team members and all the deliveries and all that. So I knew right away that she was going to serve at a higher capacity. But from those little things, I've had VAs come in who just do the job and keep on going. But mm-hmm. when she said, you know, and that I think that's typically what a lot of people get into with their VAs, you assign tasks, they get done, you don't get a lot of feedback. I've been blessed, my team is not like that. They always give feedback. But when Jackie said, I don't understand what you do. I was like, Oh, my gosh, so I started looking at it all. And I realized she was totally right. I had a whole bunch of fluffy text all over. I well, mean, yeah, because you're, you know, you're, but your web, but you know what? In your defense, your website is talking more about your client's pain point and not necessarily about specifically what you do. You know, it's not, it is a little fluffy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, it's been changed in the last week. So if you haven't looked in the last week, it's, it's been up. Oh, I will check it. Yes. Yeah. So she's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you did such a good job. I could kiss you, but that would be weird. Our family is yeah, like a touchy family, so a touchy feely family like that. It's sort of like this yes. is my space, this is yours. My sisters and I grew up on Dirty Dancing. Okay, stay out of oh, my space. 
<laughs> you know? But right away, I was like, whoa. And then she's like, I need to know what all the other team members are doing so I can follow up with them. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to cry. And I'm not really a crier. Oh, maybe you should start calling her the OBM that she is, because it sounds to me like she really is the OBM of your business. Because well, she told her she's going to be the director of operations. And she's oh, like, there you that's go. what I wanted to be. But I love how you, you know, talked about bringing team members in and they don't necessarily know what you're doing but that's that's the one way that I think I'm a little bit different than a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of online entrepreneurs every team member who comes in has to do something in the podcast so that they understand yes. where my passion comes from because right. if they can't survive working in the podcast then they're not really going to survive in any other role in yeah. business and you know it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that we do as OBMs in the first 90 days is we map out the revenue streams like so what better way because obviously it's, it's about the money right that's what makes it a viable business so if I come in as an OBM into your business I'm not coming in just to do do stuff like a VA I'm coming in to fully understand where is the revenue coming from and you know to the entrepreneur whose business it is it's very straightforward you know my revenue and so like with your whole podcast thing you know by having them map out revenue or understanding how the podcast works and how that relates to the business as a whole, then they start to understand what the business model is, how we make money, how we bring people and how we show them what we're doing and then how we eventually sell them onto something, right? To make it that viable business. Oh, absolutely. I just need to be totally transparent to listeners though, that the podcast to this point really hasn't made me much money. I think Sarah, you and I had to have a conversation yeah. about the OBMs on your team because and this is how I would love to see every listener's business all of our clients come from referrals Mm. all of them we're not out there my sister asked me yesterday how many podcasts have you been on besides your own yeah right I was embarrassed because I mean I I'm an icon of influence at Steve Olsher's new media summit I've been on five podcasts right Hmm. and but we've got more than enough clients right now. I mean, it's about time that we start a waiting list. And I I would love to see every person's like that, or, you know, business running like that. You don't just have a full load, but you've got a waiting list and you can choose whether or not you bring on another team member to support them. But along with that came a big curve of learning as far as respect and boundaries. And I would love for you to address that a little bit. Like, what have you learned on your journey on setting up those boundaries with your clients and what do you teach the people that you're certifying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really understand what you're asking me. Are you, do you mean like in terms of with the services setting up uh, well, like metrics mean, and stuff for well, performance boundaries? I mean, as oh, far as you and I, boundaries. like what are our Ooh. boundaries? Like, because mm-hmm, I've gotten mm-hmm. texts on Christmas Eve I see what you mean. Oh, yeah. So, okay. And Holy, three o'clock yeah. in the morning, so, like, can you do this? Or on Friday yeah. night, I need this new funnel created this weekend. It's like, hello? No? Yeah. So one of that's, I mean, that is a huge never ending struggle. I think having open. So this is why I mentioned like as when we come into a client's business and when I, what I tell my OBMs to do is, you know, the first 90 days is really critical for setting the tone of boundaries and also the trust. So, you know, when we start with a client, 
there's a 90 day plan that we deliver with deliverables that we're going to hit every month so that the expectation is really clear on what they're getting. And two, there is, you know, conversations around one line of communication. So we're not communicating via email and via chat and via like, and I'm a big Slack advocate. I'm, I actually use teamwork chat myself because I'm a big teamwork PM user, but like we still call it Slack, even though it's teamwork chat. <laughs> So, you know, having a place where you can communicate with your clients and same with your team, you know, having that uh, one place where you communicate that you're not, you know, communicating and, and having a clear, clearly like this is where I work. This is the times that I work, you know, it's either going to. So when you're when you're transparent about that from the onset, it's either going to work for that new client or that new team member even, or it's not. So being really clear about your schedule, like I'm a mom, you know, I can't afford to have people emailing me on Christmas Eve and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I didn't respond. Just to be totally transparent, I didn't respond and I got fired. And you know what? It was one of the best things. Exactly. And you know, sometimes it's not always going to be a good fit. So, you know, there are people, bless them, right? People are people and, you know, entrepreneurs are special people. A lot of them are, you know, very specific about what they want. And, and, you know, sometimes it's not going to, it's not going to match. And that's why it's really important to be, to not over, not like over deliver, like over deliver, but also do it in a way. So for example, like I have a whole thing and I, I talk a lot about these sorts of, of little hints. So for example, if a client is asking me for a last minute request, you know, if I have the time and I can actually do it and it's a two to five minute job, like, you know, okay, fine. You know, I can give that. It's a little quick niblet. But if they are continuously asking me for these last minute things or little things here and there, no, you know, so I think you have to really be clear with yourself about what you're prepared to do, the hours that you work. I like do my calls on Mondays and Tuesdays. I don't have calls at any other time of the week. So if someone's like, Hey, can we schedule something on Thursday? I'm like, sorry, you know, my calls are on Mondays and Tuesdays. If you want to hop on a call with me, you were going to have to schedule that in in advance. And then they know for the next time. And sometimes I think it's just about being a leader and leadership is, is huge, right? For you, for me, for OBMs and for anyone who works in a service-based industry, you have to be a leader. You know, you have to lead the client. You have to lead the client into understanding how, how you work and what makes you happy as well as the, as the person on their team. So I think when it comes to boundaries that it really can, can get a little bit uncomfortable with some clients. And like you said, you know, some people are going to be like, well, if you're not going to respond to me on Christmas Eve, then you're off the team. Well, you know, then that's just going to happen. And I'm also in that place of abundance. You know, there's for me and my agency, there's not a lot, not a shortage of clients. Like we are on a wait list and have been for many, many months. And I've just been referring people onto the International Association of OBMs because they have an RFP system and they just pass people along to the certified OBMs. So I come from abundant standpoint. So, you know, if, if maybe I'm not a good fit with that client, that's okay. Oh, I love There's that. There's plenty more. There's more where that came from. And also like nipping it in the bud, saying no, say no, say no. You're like, I'm sure you do this too. Like you do everything every day. Like one thing a day that scares you. Sometimes that means saying no to a client because it's scary, you know? Yes. And I have only just this year gotten better at saying no. And mm-hmm. and I've had numerous people say, I can feel your confidence shift. Yes. What happened, Kim? And 
listeners, if this is not your first episode, you know I'm totally transparent on here. And I actually have a whole episode that talks about this. But at the end of 2018, we were broke because I'm a chronic giver and I had been giving away so much time for free. But there was also some other circumstances. As I already shared in this episode, my husband is a is a vet and he has a disability and he, he has PTSD. So there mm-hmm. are times when I just can't work. So we were mm-hmm. we were facing some a whole bunch of challenges altogether, but a lot of those were compounded by the fact that I was saying yes to everybody. Yes. And no to the people who needed it most. Yeah, or like yourself too, Kim. Oh my gosh, I was in the ER four times last year because I was saying yes to everybody else. Oh my god, that that just breaks my heart, honestly. But I decided, like, I wrote a two thousand a nineteen for two thousand nineteen. I don't normally like to timestamp, but for all the listeners, like, I want you to have your list. And I said, I am not going to the ER this year. I am taking my, I mean, okay, I also have five kids. So the likelihood Mm -hmm. of that actually not happening is slim, but I'm not going for me. Okay. Right, right. (laughs) But I've started saying no, but on the flip side, that difficult client that I talked about, I am a chronic giver. I'm working on that. And right. I was charging a sixth of what my normal rate is. Oh, and there you go. It looks like those squeaky wheel clients are always the ones that are demanding the most. That's oh, why I'm a big yes, advocate for time for time tracking too, you know, to get understanding of like, well, what are the needy clients? And is it relative to how much they're paying you? Because a lot of the, I, you know, in my agency, we work off of retainer, hourly retainers, because I need to be managing projects and I need to be managing everybody's time and making sure that all the clients are getting their fair share of our OBM services. And also too, I wanted to say like one of the mantras that I've also been saying this year to myself is, you know, when you say no, you're actually saying yes to yourself. And I was like, oh, that just lands with me in a way that it feels so much more magical. And I'm like, you know, you know what? Saying no isn't really that hard when it is benefiting me because I'm saying yes to myself and yes to something I need. Because like I have three kids. You said you had five kids, Kim? Yep. Wow, you're amazing. I mean, kids are the most wonderful blessings in the whole world, but I've got three kids and I can't, you know, when I say yes to somebody, I'm saying no to myself and my kids for something maybe that we had planned to do because now mommy needs to work. You know, I don't want to be that mom. I part of the reason why I got into the OBM world and why I work the way I work is because I grew up with a stay at home mom and it was the most amazing experience for me to, and I think it really, structured me to be a more confident person as a kid because I always had my mom around and, you know, and I felt secure. Um, And I wanted to give my kids that experience. And it's just not feasible in today's day of age. You know, you need to work and everybody needs to work. And, you know, my husband was in school and my my husband's also an army guy. So I I know where you're coming from. And um, so, you know, I, I was like, no, I need to still work. But I also want my kids to feel like I'm always around. And I swear until they were like, Till my daughter was about four or five, like, I don't think she thought that I worked, you know, mommy was just going upstairs, you know, she didn't, you know, to her office to be on her computer. She wasn't, you know, building this like multi six figure, amazing, incredible business. (laughs) Oh, I I love that you said that because I was just telling my, my five-year-old daughter over the weekend, I said, did you know that there's mommies and daddies who have to leave the house to go to work? And she said, (laughs) Why? Yeah. And I said, because they don't work at home like mommy does. Yeah. And she's like, 
but I like having you here. But it, that brings mm-hmm. up an interesting point because I'd love to know, like, even if you, and I'm not saying that you have to make the money. Don't think I'm assuming yeah, that at all. Of but would you be able to not work or would you get bored? Oh, so, I mean, I have to work because I, my mind doesn't turn off. So, I mean, funny enough, like I've taken mat leaves, but I've not taken a creative leave for myself. So every time I go on mat leave, I find that because I'm, you know, I'm a big, big on breastfeeding. I breastfed all my kids, you know, I'm blessed to be able to breastfeed. I know it's not possible for everybody, but for me, it became like a meditation almost. And when I was breastfeeding, I would have all these amazing ideas for my business. Like I couldn't turn my brain off. So I've never actually I mean, I've taken a mat leave. So like in the sense of like leaving my team to like man the business operationally, but I've not been able to turn my brain off. Even when I go on holiday, like I'm always reading like a business book. Like I just, I just genuinely love it. So, I mean, I like to do it. Why should I turn it off? But yeah. (laughs) I am an advocate for breastfeeding myself and I feel sort of selfish saying this. And I, I tried well, I managed a few months with my twins, yes. which was yes. a challenge. Twins. twins. Yes. Okay, listeners, if you're pregnant with twins or know somebody who is, there's this awesome pillow. And it's called My Breast Friend. Oh, and I had that. Yes. yes. But it fits twins on it. One on one side, That's one on the so other. Funny. But I love what I do so much. And I don't know if you know, Sarah, but I'm writing a book called Chronic Idea Disorder. Mm, because my brain know that. My brain does not shut off. And my brain doesn't shut off. My husband sometimes at nighttime looks at me and he's like, turn it off. And I'm and I'm just like, I can't. I wish I could. I can't. It doesn't stop. With these ideas chronically. Yes, yes. That is perfect the perfect name for it. Yep. And I feel bad for my husband because and this is sort of TMI, but you know, there's an activity that led to having as many kids as we did as yes. we have. And it will happen. And then all of a sudden I'm wide awake and 30 more ideas have hit my head. And he's like, where are you going? You're not going to sleep? And I'm like, no, you just woke me back up again. I got to get out of bed and go write these down. So funny. So me and my husband also, I'm like, I'm like the same. Kim, I feel like we're kindred spirits. So I actually keep a notebook next to my bed. And my husband knows like if I'm not necessarily stressed out, but maybe I'm going through like a you know, metamorphosis or figuring out a product or something that I want to do with a client or whatever, I will have a notepad. Like I always have something in the drawer next to my bed, but the notepad will be out and I'll be like literally right. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and write. I'll have to write down my idea because I know I will forget it. And it's like, you know, revolutionary, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said notebook and you may use all these other tools, but I've tried Evernote. I use notes because it's convenient when I'm driving, but yes. I found that all the digital ones didn't work as well for me because I needed yeah. to write it down because it just came out easier. Yeah. Also too, I find that when I write down an idea, like I, I like almost take a snapshot of it in my head so that when I go back to that idea, I can almost remember what I was thinking when I wrote down the idea and it like, cause I can remember my handwriting or maybe something that I you know, specifically like a certain way that I wrote it down, you know, maybe it was in cap laws, capitals or whatever. I don't know. So it's like, it also triggers that feeling of how I felt when I wrote down that idea initially. 
Absolutely. So I was sharing with you, Sarah, before we started that I've been having my team members take the Sparkotype quiz by Jonathan Mm -hmm. and I took it myself last week, and it told me that I am a maven maker. I forgot the second one, but basically my primary Sparkotype is a maven, which means that I love to learn. And the second one, which I'm just having a brain fart on, means that I like to create and make. Maybe it was maker. And that so fits in with why I need my sister or an OBM because like she has been managing my inbox. I'm surprised. And here's one of the first feedbacks that I would love back from listeners. By the way, the show notes will be at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP572. How many emails are in your inbox? Because like you were saying, I have clients who will Facebook message me the only reason mm-hmm. I have Facebook Messenger on my phone is because my husband refuses to text. He always uses Facebook Messenger. It's so funny. Yeah. But beyond that, like I will post Facebook posts and I'm not a Facebook scroller. I post everything mm. from my phone and I'm not in there looking at stuff. Mm. And then I have clients who text. I don't live by my smartphone. So while I will post stuff, my to be totally honest, my phone is usually in the hands of, of a child. I know. <laughs> okay. So who's eating soup and on your phone? Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're swiping up on my notifications. And if I get it back at 11 o'clock at night and I'm going through because I hear like my sister message me, then I may see your text message. Or thankfully right. I have a MacBook now. So my messages come up on my computer too. But right. really it's, it's email. And then we also use teamwork chat, which I love, but mm. streamlining and we're actually, and I'd love to know if you do something like this with your clients, is even help them set up their intake process so that their clients, not just your clients, Absolutely. but their clients know how to communicate with them because, oh my gosh, that has been such a learning curve. No, don't. Like I had to put up on Skype. I am only on Skype for scheduled calls now because I had people messaging me through there. Now I just shut it down. If I'm not in there, yeah, yeah. I just shut it down or else yeah. it's just one Good for more you. Way. Again, hashtag boundaries, you know? Yeah. Like we can't be, you know, just because we're like online doesn't mean like we're online 24-7. I also need a healthy work-life balance. Oh, You know, even absolutely. though my brain doesn't shut off. But like I like to be with my own ideas and my own thoughts. Mm. What's the secret to doing to having time for that? Oh, babysitters paying people for <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so I just was yesterday and the day before. So we did a Saturday, Sunday mastermind. So I've got a few good girlfriends here that are also entrepreneurs in the digital world. And we all um, met up and, you know, we were talking about one that we have a friend that we have in common. And it was lovely because I could literally, you know, I mean, I was with the baby because he's eight months old and I'm breastfeeding. So, you know, I, I did tote him along, but you know, it's a little guy and so I was, you know, free to like brainstorm during the day and at night and talk to people and share ideas. So, you know, having time as an entrepreneur to go away and mastermind and create and be just be was like amazing to me. It's been so long since I was able to do that. And again, I think sometimes you need to almost block it off and schedule it in. And and I felt selfish doing it. And I was like, oh, well, you know, the kids are going to be with their dad and you know, he's going to have to cook and, and oh, and then he'll have to put them to bed by himself. And whoa, what was him and all this? <laughs> and I'm, as I'm driving off in the car, I'm like, oh, well, now I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sarah, I burn every meal I try to cook. I do not <laughs> enjoy cooking at all. Yes, I am a maker. Right. So if you outsource that, then you oh, have my more husband time loves to, to cook. you know, 
Oh, great. So great. Amazing. Yeah. I shared on a podcast last week that when we met, we met through Craigslist. I was on there looking for furniture and decided to laugh at the guys who were looking for women. Little did I know that the second one I found would be my husband. But I had just written my soulmate spec sheet, which I think we actually need to do for a lot of people think they know who their ideal client is. But how many times, Sarah, have you sent or seen, oh, everyone, oh, women, Women, yeah, do, you know, I always joke that I niche on personality because, like, as an OBM, I love different businesses. And part of the rush of working with a client is learning a new business. So I try to be in different niches, and I have over the years. But I like to niche on personality. <laughs> I love to hire on personality and hire on skills. Yes, yeah. totally. But I had a soulmate spec sheet, and my husband had covered just about every single one in his really? big long novel of a want ad and I said on mine loves to cook and he said loves to cook so it works really well for me although I've gained a lot of weight and he says he loves it (laughs) right yeah I'm like 60 pounds heavier than when we got together just putting it out there listeners if you're on my list you know I shared my weight in an email last week which was so scary but um, that's so funny yeah yeah but so oh my gosh I am just so intrigued because we do not team clients with OBMs. We do have several VAs on staff that for people who come into my business client-wise, they can get the VA help, but the OBM just takes it to a whole new level. I mean, Jackie is, and this isn't necessarily a VA skill, but I don't have a VA doing this right now because we're looking for that person. But Jackie's responding to emails for me or as me or a combination of both you know if it needs to actually come from me then she's pretending she's me and she's managing that she's got my calendar on her phone and she she knows that when i'm in creative mode i can lose track of time so kim are you getting on that call oh i'm already here oh good for you you know yeah totally and then what do we need and yeah there's just so much so you just, I mean, I, I take it you're an SOPs guy, like you standard operate procedure, all, all your stuff. We're working on that. We're going to have about yeah. a three. I would love to know how you do it, but we have a Google yes. spreadsheet, which outlines all of the SOPs. And then each one lives in a Google doc. And oh, so you're already one step ahead. So I just link it to the recurring task and teamwork PM. Mm. Um, and then that's that. So making sure that everything is in, like I call it the virtual office. So I have a program that goes over teaching how to set up the SOPs and I give access to my SOP vault and everything. But yeah, mine live on. um, And I'm also happy to give your listeners my um, SOP template. I mean, it's not brain surgery. It's very simple. Yeah. So if you go to serenoked.com forward slash positive, I've got some goods there. And I also have my onboarding kit which I think will be useful for some of your people, you know, how to like swiftly, nicely onboard new clients, having an SOP for that. So when it comes to client care management, it is something that is usually one of the last things to come off of an entrepreneur's plate because there's just so much happening there and it's kind of the catch all. So when you can sort of systematize and have canned responses for certain, and you know, there's also teamwork desk by the way, which is great. So having a way to, like a ticketing system for managing what's coming through. But I get, I gather you probably have tech issues. You have people emailing you about the podcast. Like there's certain, so when you sit down with Jackie and you're figuring out the system around and optimizing and and streamlining that system, it's like you kind of have to look at, well, what are the buckets 
that, you know, it's tech issues. It's, um, you know, podcast stuff. It's, you know, affiliate, I whatever. I that though, because we weren't yeah. using Desk. Yes, Teamwork Desk was great. Idea. And then you can sort of, you know, so I feel like Jackie, as the sort of person who's coming in your inbox, Jackie will delegate some of the tickets. So the emails that come in, we'll just call them tickets, like it's ticketing system. You know, if anybody on if if the listeners are familiar with what that is, you you know, you have like the tech issue email tickets that come in, those get passed on to the VA. And the nice thing about using teamwork desk is those can go straight to tasks, then you know, they know what they're done, and then they get closed out. And then there are certain things that, you know, Kim, unfortunately, only you will be able to answer. So those either get forwarded onto a personal inbox that's secret from everybody else, or you come into Teamwork Desk once a day and you answer the emails that are flagged as Kim needs to answer this, right? Which hopefully is one or two, right? When you get all down to it. And then there's probably a lot of affiliate and podcast management and things that Jackie probably has her finger on anyways that you know, you really, it doesn't really need to be you following up. Like, yeah, you can follow up and it might take you two minutes. But the whole point is that going there to answer that for two minutes is taking you away from a bigger idea project that you're working on. And if you leave that project that you're working on, it's going to take you half an hour to get back into the swing of what you were doing. So that's why those two minute jobs that, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't need a VA. I'll just do it myself. Like those actually, to, to ramp up into what you were focused and working on before, now it's going to take you another half an hour to get back into what you were doing. That actually generates you money, right? <laughs> so it's just about crafting a system around it that is really unique to your business and works for you. So, you know, having canned responses, having a, a VA to answer the tech stuff, having Jackie in there to answer some of the higher level things, and then having a way to direct emails that only you can answer, but in a way that is like, you know, that you only answer maybe at two in the afternoon, you go in, you answer the emails that only you can answer. And then you properly use that ticketing system as well, which means, you know, following the SOP and uh, marking the ticket off as closed when you're done or in process, if you're still waiting for a response from the client. So it's, it's great. And you can leave notes and comments on certain emails. You're blowing my mind. Sarah, I think I need to ask you to come back for a part two. I would love to come back for a part two. I I'm, I mean, like, to me, this stuff is so um, natural. Like, I mean, it's like, I just I've been in it for so long that I'm like, I feel like sometimes what I'm saying isn't that groundbreaking, you know, but then I and then people are like, Oh, no, ah, well, I never thought about it that way. But yeah, I'd love to I'd love to chat with you more and, and talk about some of the other ways that I've learned over the years how to really streamline, um, especially an online business, because we're lucky. We have things like Entreport and Infusionsoft to, for our customer resource management systems. And then we have these great project management tools that are peanuts. I mean, it costs me like 50 bucks a month. My God, it saves me hours and hours of so much time and using all these tools and having things like Zoom and podcasts and just all of this technology that allows us to really leverage what it is to have a virtual office mm-hmm. in this day and age. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Listeners, I want you to go over to the KimSutton.com forward slash PP572. In the comments, leave your ahas and also your questions for what you would like Mm -hmm. us to discuss in part two. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, oh my gosh, this is just the beginning. 
I know that you're busy with kids and I just heard mine wake up. I could keep on talking to you for hours, but I know this is just right? the first of our conversations. I guarantee it. I love that, Kim. I am so down. Thank you so much for joining me for part one of let's just say many if you're up for yes, that. Yes, I am. Where can listeners go to learn more about you? And I know you have a waiting list, but to yes. inquire about getting get on your waiting list. And I know I would love if you would also just put out there one more time where they can go and get the, the SOP yeah, template. Absolutely. So if you go over to Sarah Noked, S-A-R-A-H-N-O-K-E-D.com forward slash positive, you can opt in there and get my SOP onboarding toolkit. And I also give my SOP template there and all of that goodness. And you can learn all about me on the website. I'm on pretty much every social media platform there is out there for better or worse. (laughs) Some more than others. But yeah, the best place is to head over there and download that. And then once you're on on my list, you know, I've sent juicy things like this all the time. So love it. And I, I love like people like you who give out juicy things instead yeah of just- i'm all about juiciness yeah i'm all about sharing it yeah i don't think it makes sense to keep it in especially because i know a lot of us are moms and dads and I'm like look like time is the only thing that we have so little of so you know let's be productive but and let's share our learnings too absolutely if you can share a little tidbit that will help somebody take their business to the next level, then they will come back to you when they're ready to hire you. Yes. Yes. I've got so many good ones. Yeah. For the next one, for, for part two. Listeners, come back for part two. Definitely. Sarah, I would love to hear what you have for a golden nugget for the end of part one. Yes. Yes. So I would say the golden nugget would be for the listeners who are ready to step up their team. They're ready to organize the back end of their business. Um, they realize that that's the only way that they're going to grow or actually scale their businesses to have that strong, solid foundation. So one of, I'm really big on using Loom, L-O-O-M as a, you know, screencasting software. So download Loom onto your desktop and like if you, if it's you, so this is my challenge for you, Kim. So why don't you screencast yourself going through your email inbox? Here's how I filter this. Here's the big vision around so obviously somebody who's managing your inbox has got to know like, well, what's the, what's your vision here for your business too, even if they're managing your inbox. So by you doing a loom and talking about walking them through them, talking about the importance of following up properly with certain affiliates and certain influencers in the industry versus other things. So by doing that and by looming it um, and then handing it over to the team member who's going to be responsible for it, they can then document that in, into an SOP. They can have all the policies and the prerequisites around it, and they can make it a system for you and take it one step further and look at it from the outsider view of, okay, here's what it needs in addition to. So my tidbit would be download Loom, screencast one system or process in your business. We all have tons of systems, even though we think we don't, everything is a system, whether it's documented or not, document that system, hand it over to a team member. Bada boom, bada bing. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.